Hey guys, what's going on? We're back after a long time. Too long, one might say. Um, we just sort of, you know, summer came and, you know, the podcast sort of went down to the bottom list of our priorities. But we're going to make up for it with a spicy episode full of juicy details um, regarding Star Wars villainous. That's going to be like the main important thing. Yes, we're doing a villain, Hades. None of us are really excited about it because um, he's boring. Yeah. He's very, very And that boring. really disappointed. Hades was a huge disappointment for me because he's probably one of my favorite Disney villains, and yet he's an extreme and a poorly done character, in my opinion. So. Yeah. I love the character. I love the character. He's so cool. But the villain is sort of like, you know, he, in the he's game. Just, he just doesn't live up to that awesome expectation yeah. in the game. But that's who we're doing. I know Caden's grandma likes Hades, so she's probably, you know, jumping up and down if she listens to it. Um, but yeah, so Star Wars villainous, Power of the Dark Side, we, my man Caden here, he's, you know, probably done a, a year's worth of of um, research on uh, this right now. Uh, he He's probably, you know, watched more YouTube videos on it than any, you know, living thing on planet Earth. Um... But yeah, we're both really excited to talk about it today. Um, it's coming out July 31st. It's uh, We're going to be dropping pre-order links on Target uh, in the description below. You can also pre-order it at Walmart. I just haven't... Well, I don't know if you can pre-order it. I know that you can order it on Walmart. I just haven't checked Walmart's website, but I've seen it on Target's I website. Not, I checked Walmart about maybe a week ago, and I did not see it yet, so I yeah. did not think, but I could could have changed by now. Because um, Disney is being a little weird with its retailers um, selling, because like, you can get some of the older uh, base and like expansion packs on Amazon, but like you know, I saw one on like the... Uh, Gaston box sixty dollars on Amazon, so I wouldn't don't expect that you know nice two day shipping from Amazon. I would go with Target. You can like what I well um, my family does all the time is drive up, you order it, and then drive up to the parking lot and they plop it in your trunk. It's really nice. But that's what we're talking about today. But before we do that, let's um entertain you guys with the social aspect of our lives, um of what we've been doing down this dark, windy, darkness road of no podcasting. Why don't we have Caden start us off since I've been yakking and yakking? Okie doke. So, lately my family has been getting really excited because we're about to take a trip to Disney in a... not next week, but the week after that, so that's going to be really fun. And, um... We just went over to my grandma's house this morning and we planned it, and I'm getting really excited for that. And then also, we've been having... My uncle was living in China for a few years, and he just got back from there. So that was fun to see him again, too. And so we've been getting a lot together lately. And then um, yesterday was my aunt's birthday party. So that was fun, and we've been kind of crazy schedule lately. And yeah, it's um it's been a pretty good summer so far. Um... I did a cross-country camp. I'm doing a band camp. Me and Calvin have done a villainous tournament, which was fun. Um, I lost, sadly. I'll get into that later. (laughs) And, um, yeah, it's been a pretty good summer so far. Any uh, fun TV shows you watched? I have. I've been watching some Star Wars TV shows, and I just finished watching The Bad Batch. Mm. 
He's doing a Star Wars binge. Um, he's watching all of them in chronological order. I'm surprised he didn't talk about Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh because... yeah, Obi Wan Kenobi was excellent. Yeah, seriously, it's my one probably my favorite TV show I've ever seen. I'm not. I won't try to like. I know a lot of people like The Mandalorian, but I really like the. I really like the um, Obi Wan Kenobi. It was really really good. Yeah. So, I just finished Obi-Wan Kenobi today because I'm, like, really bad at watching the Marvel and Star Wars TV shows. So, I just watched it because I was like, you know, we're going into Star Wars. I might as well. So, me and my dad finished it. It's definitely too early for spoilers, um, but, you know... Maybe when we get into October, I can talk about it because there are probably be- <laughs> like I I I'm only on episode three of Miss Marvel. Like that's how bad I am. Which you know, Miss Marvel is not a great TV show so far. However, my dad heard that it gets better, but you know we'll see. It's- Did you enjoy Obi Wan? Yes, I enjoyed Obi Wan. Love James Earl Jones. I feel like that's not really a spoiler because you know it's just James Earl Jones. Ugh, my dog. If you can hear that, that's my dog. She's a, she, she's a little uh, pain in the butt, you know, sometimes, but it's fine. Everything will be okay. Anyway, uh, what I did is I had a birthday uh, last <laughs> week. Um, turn 14, I'm getting an old man. I have four years of childhood left. Yay property taxes, am I right? Um, that'll be fun. Uh and I had a villainous tournament with Caden. Uh, it's something that we've started doing, which we're hoping, well, at least I am. I don't know if he is. We're hoping to start record some of these as episodes. They're going to be like five hours long, though, so we might cut them into parts because I don't know how my um, how my dad's MacBook CPU can handle that many, you know, recordings. If, if you're a PC nerd, you get that. If you're not a PC nerd, you don't get that. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, but yeah, so we're hoping to record those tournaments. I won. It was a best out of 13. Yeah, that that's how, like, extreme we go with these things. Um, and, broke my winning streak. Yeah, he, he's won at least the past, like, what, three in a row? Yeah. Um, and I, I won the last round as Ursula. It was Ursula versus Pete. Um... But yeah, so that was really fun. Went to Ohio, uh, went ziplining, hiking, kayaking in Ohio. That was really fun. Uh, I'm going up north next weekend with my grandparents and my siblings in their uh, big RV. And that's my first time, you know, being me being from California. It's about time I get up there, you know, breathe in the up northness. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's up with me. Caden, I can see you squirming. Get that Star Wars villainous energy out, my guy. Tell us what is going on. So, as Calvin previously mentioned, Star Wars Villainous Power of the Dark Side is a board game. It's a new villainous, um, it's a new um, add to the villainous universe, and I'm really excited for it personally because, as I said, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I've been wanting to make a, them to make a Star Wars villainous for two or three years, probably, and finally, my wish has been granted, and I've been waiting since earlier this year, which is not that long, but it's a while. So, let's dive right in. The five villains, as it has five villains, just like Marvel, and it includes Darth Vader, he's the character on the cover of the box, Moff Gideon from The Mandalorian, Asajj Ventress from The Clone Wars, General Grievous, who's also from The Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith, and then Kylo Ren from the newest trilogy. And so each character, just like in um, your um, 
Disney and Marvel, they're going to have a villain guide, a mover, that reference card that shows you what all the actions mean, and then the name for the realm, like in Disney Villains, it's going to be called a Sector. And then, of course, they're also going to have their villain deck and their fate deck. So, one thing to mention is that... We'll mention this later, actually. Um, the thing... Credits are what takes place um, of the power tokens. Because, remember, in Disney and Marvel, it was power. But now you're going to have these credit tokens in Star Wars Villainous. And they're these little rectangle-shaped things. They're kind of weird, but it's I'm, they look pretty cool. But, however, there is a second currency in the game known as Ambition. And Ambition is, it's cool because it, like, lets you, like, play special cards. Because some cards can only be played with credits, and some cards can only be played with Ambition actions, which are these little actions on your board that you have to use to play cards that cost Ambition. And so on every turn, the first thing you do is you gain one Ambition. So you'll maybe build up a supply, or perhaps if you spend a lot of it, you won't. That's just how it's going to be. There are also going to be your classic strength modifier tokens that were from Marvel Villainous originally, but were just recently added to the Disney universe um, with the expansion Bigger and Badder. And of course, the objective of the game, whoever achieves their own villain's objective first wins, of course. But the f other interesting thing is that with Ambition, you can play cards, but Ambition can also be used as a currency for, like, it's similar to an activate action. So for an example, let's say I play a card that costs two credits. There might be a little symbol that looks like a little hexagon on it, and it says if I pay one ambition, I can do an ability on it. So ambition can also be used to play cards. But there are a couple interesting things that are different other than ambition, which is obviously a new addition to the game. The number one thing, well, not number one thing, but the first thing I'm going to talk about that is different is... A restriction, which is a card in your fate deck that places an ongoing effect that will um, that will slow down your progress unless you removed it. For example, um, one might say you have to spend six ambition to remove it, or one might say spend five credits to remove it, or one might say perform a vanquish action to remove it. It just all depends. So um, another very important thing in Star Wars Villainous is going to be vehicles. So, in a, if you have ever taken, if you ever Google Star Wars Villainous, you might find a picture that shows Darth Vader's board, which has, like, Mustafar, the Death Star, I don't know, those locations, the Emperor's Throne Room. And, um, you'll notice that on the far right side of the board, there's this location, it's not a location, but it's called Deep Space, and it will be, like, right where the, um, specialty section is for the Marvel villains. So in this location, you can play vehicles, which are like TIE Fighters, stuff like that. Like those vehicles that all the bad guys in Star Wars follow around in, fly around in. And then the, f the cool thing is that each of these vehicles is another separate location that you can actually move to. Which is cool, because that means you have your four locations, and then you can add and play up to two more vehicles. Because I believe that each villain has two vehicles in their deck. So you can actually have a total of up to six locations, which is pretty cool. However, the one th bad thing about vehicles is that, sadly, there are also fate card vehicles. And on a vehicle card, it has three actions that you can perform, and then it also has a written text. So when you move to a vehicle, you immediately do what the written text says, and then you can perform any actions that it shows on it. And these actions are going to be like play a card, fake card, um, gain power, or gain credits, or something like that. So, yeah. And before I talk anything else about Calvin, do you have anything you'd like to add about that? Yeah, going back to like the restrictions or whatever they're called, 
if you want to have a comparison to make it a little bit easier to understand, I like to compare it to Clever Disguise, which is in Prince John's deck. Just imagine if Clever Disguise, you couldn't remove it with power, and it came with, like, a special fate card evil ability, almost. It, that I might have made it harder. I might have made it easier. It's sort of like a cross between Clever Disguise and an event yes, from Marvel that, Yes, yeah. that's mm -hmm. sort of like what it is. It's mm -hmm. kind of tricky to understand, but... Yeah, and I don't think there are events, so I think... There are not. Yeah, I don't so believe I that there, there are events yeah. in the game. I think the restrictions are like events yes. in that. And so yeah. now I'll be talking about... I've talked about the villain vehicles... But fate card vehicles, as I said, they can cover up the locations on top of the vehicles. But that's not all they can do. So, when you play a fate vehicle, and you don't have any villain vehicles in deep space, and there's just a fate vehicle, that decreases your hand size by one. And so this is bad, because then you can only draw up to three cards. Or if two fate vehicles get played, you can only draw up to two cards. So it's good, and that's why you're going to want to play other villain vehicles because every time a villain vehicle and a hero vehicle are engaged is what it's called your hand size stays normally what it is and the cool thing is that you have a, if you have a, a fate vehicle and a villain vehicle that are engaged you can use a vanquish action to remove both of them sort of like how you use allies to defeat a hero so yeah that's one cool thing about vehicles and one other interesting thing is that you can use a move action, which in Star Wars Villainous is called a maneuver action, to engage and disengage the vehicles. So yeah, that's one interesting thing that you can use the, the maneuver action for. So do you have anything else that you would like to add about vehicles? Yeah, um, I would just like to say that I think, did you already say that there's two hero and two villain? Yes, I believe there yeah. are two hero vehicles and two villain vehicles for each villain. Yeah. So, like, Darth Vader has, like, his TIE fighter, like, some cool, like, the, and then General Grievous has, like, the, um, I am blanking on the name. What's that ship that he has in, like, is it, like, the circle one? Like, the one that shoots out those lasers that disable ships. I can't remember what it's called. Is it the one in the clone? Oh, the Malevolence. That's what it's yeah, called. It's yeah, called yeah. the Malevolence. Like, that's mm -hmm. an example of a ship that General Grievous has. Okay, so that is your general overview of the game, because pretty much everything else is going to be different. Vanquish action works the same way. One thing that I might want to add, actually, is that the maneuver, which is the equivalent of a move action, the maneuver actions, they're actually more similar to relocate actions for Marvel villains, because you can use them to move allies anywhere on your board, and you don't have to move them one space at a time like in Disney Villainous. Calvin? Yeah, I, I just had to pipe in. I really like that they're adding relocate instead of just move to an adjacent location because it makes it so much easier to vanquish. Um, I just really like how I don't have to, like, move it, move an ally item so many times over. Um, just, yeah. So, yeah, that is it. And then, like, play card actions are the same. The only, yeah, and then... That's mostly, and then for the fate actions, each villain has their own fate deck, so all you do is you draw two cards and you choose which one you want to play. But, a fun thing that you can do is you can, so earlier I mentioned that you can like disengage and engage vehicles, you can also use a fate action to engage two vehicles um, from your opponent, so they aren't, for your opponent, so they're not able to use those actions on the top of their own villain vehicle. So that's another interesting thing. So, I believe that is a general overview of like kind of some of the new things in the game. And with that done, I we're also going to talk a little bit about some of the villains in the game. So the first villain is the one on the cover of the box, Darth Vader. So Darth Vader's objective is to defeat Luke Skywalker, which sounds easy, but in reality, it's not that easy because 
In order to do that, he has to have Luke, Vader, and Palpatine. Emperor Palpatine is a card in Vader's deck. He has to have Luke, Darth Vader, and Palpatine all at the Emperor's throne room, and then he has to spend six ambition to win. So that seems kind of complicated, so I'll talk a little bit more about it. Luke does not, he's not a hero, and so what you do is you place him at the beginning of the game, you place Luke Skywalker above your board at the location that is not the one the furthest to the left, but the one the second furthest away from the left, which is the Death, the Death Star. So that's where Luke Skywalker starts the game, and you'll place him on his focused side, because he has two sides, focused and unfocused, I believe it's called, I can't remember. But... The, it may seem, but the, so the easiest way to get Luke Skywalker across the board is by defeating heroes. Because every time you defeat a hero, you get to move Luke Skywalker one location towards the right. And on the far right is the Emperor's Throne Room, where you need Luke Skywalker to be to win. And there's also cards that you can play that help you turn Luke Skywalker over to the dark side of the, or onto his unfocused side. And then you need to have him on his unfocused side in order to win. So, yeah, that's how that's what you need to do with Luke. You need to t change him so he's unfocused, and then you need to defeat heroes so you can move him all the way to the Emperor's Throne Room. So that's not super tricky. But there's another thing that you need to do in order to win. You need to play Emperor Palpatine to the Throne Room. And so just like Luke is not a hero, Palpatine is not an ally. He's a special type of card called a Sith Lord. And so when you play Palpatine, you're going to have to use one of those ambition actions that I talked about earlier, which are basically, they're similar to play a card actions, but they're different. So you use an ambition action to play him, and Palpatine does not cost any ambition to play. And the only thing you're ever going to use Palpatine for is for your objective. So you're going to want to play him immediately if you get him. You're just going to want to play him to um, the Emperor's Throne Room and leave him there until you're ready to use him. Because Palpatine has a special ability on him, and it says if you pay six ambition, you can win the game. But in order to do that, you have to have Palpatine, Luke, and your villain mover all at the Emperor's Throne Room. So once you have all three of those things at the Emperor's Throne Room, and you pay six ambition, you can win as Darth Vader. So one tip I have for Darth Vader that I've learned is that you're going to want to try to save ambition so that you have enough at the end to pay six in order to use the Emperor to defeat Luke Skywalker. Calvin, do you have anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I think the two sides are conflicted and then, like, focused. Oh, yeah, focused. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But one thing that I saw some other, uh, like, YouTubers who like villainous, they thought it was going to be like you, like Radigan, where you could have two two ways to defeat Luke Skywalker instead of two objectives like Radigan has, where you could either defeat him by like um, trying to woo him to the dark side or just you know straight up you know cut him into bits. <laughs> um, so I'd say that they weren't necessarily they had the right idea, but they weren't they were like instead of being right on the money, they were like slightly adjacent. <laughs> okay, so that's a basic overview of Darth Vader. And sadly, the the rest of the villains I do not know as much about, but let's dive right into Asajj Ventress. So her objective is that she must complete three missions. So Asajj Ventress has three decks instead of just two. The first deck is her villain deck. She also has her fate deck, but then she has this special separate deck called her villain, or her mission deck, excuse me, her mission deck. And so at the beginning of the game, you draw one card, and that's the first mission you're going to start with. And so, for example, one of the missions called Clone DNA, um, on that mission you have to, you have to do like, not, you don't have to do just one thing to complete each mission, you have to do more than one, and Clone DNA, you have to defeat Anakin Skywalker, defeat Obi-Wan Kenobi, and have a villain vehicle in play, so, 
each of those, and some of them are going to be easier than others. So the five missions are the rescue, ambush, stinky, the witches, and clone DNA. So some of these you might recognize like stinky from um, the Clone Wars movie, which I don't think Calvin has seen. No. But stinky is the son of Jabba the Hutt who Ventress has to kidnap. And so that is part, that's like one of the missions. And like the witches is going to be based off of the witches on Dathomir, which are Asajj Ventress's family, basically. And then the clone DNA is going to be like from when you had to, when Ventress had to steal like some clone stuff from off of Kamino when they, when Ventress and Grievous were attacking Kamino together. So those are some um, of the missions, all of the missions actually. So Ventress has to complete three out of five missions in order to win. But the nice thing is that you can have more than one mission in play at a time because if you if you have like one mission in play, you can spend power equal to the amount of missions in play to play another mission. So for example, if I had one mission in play, I could spend one ambition, excuse me, not power, ambition. You have to spend one ambition equal to the amount of missions in play. So if I were to spend one ambition and there was one mission in play, I could draw another one. Now I have two missions in play. I'd have to spend two ambition and I could draw a third one. Now I have three in play. I could spend three ambition to draw a fourth one. So yeah, that's basically how those missions work. And they're pretty straightforward, most of them. It just It's basically like, defeat this hero, have this in play, do this. Tells you exactly what you need to do, which is kind of nice. And then on the mission cards, there are usually little things that you can um, spend ambition in order to help you complete your mission faster, which is kind of nice, too. Calvin, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, just going back to the stinky thing, I'm um, binge-watching The Clone Wars now. I haven't watched the movie yet. I, I've heard it's really bad, but yeah, so... Seriously, The Clone Wars movie has 18% out of 100 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a terrible score, seriously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say, um, what I might have said this on an episode way back, it helps to watch the movies with the villains in them, so that we have a context of their goals. I would recommend actually watching the Clone Wars series. It's really good, it's a really good series, and can also help you get more familiar with these villains. I mean, General Grievous, if you watch the prequel trilogy, I'm sorry I'm going into movies, can help you, but Asajj Ventress is going to be more tricky if, well, I don't know, not necessarily more tricky, but just like... It just you helps will, you yeah, if you just watch, helps the, you if you watch the Clone Wars. Okay, the next villain we'll be talking about, now that we've wrapped up with Asajj Ventress, is General Grievous. So his objective is very simple, collect eight lightsabers, that's all he has to do. So the, the thing about him, he seems to me like an easier version of Madame Mask. Which is in Marvel Villainous. Yes, Marvel Villainous, in the expansion Mischief and Malice. Um, so all he has to do is basically defeat eight heroes, because every time General Grievous defeats a hero, he gets a lightsaber. So, yeah, it's and unlike Madame Mask, he's able to gain power easily. So, yeah, General Grievous, he... he he has a kind of a funny objective, because in the Clone Wars, if you've ever watched it, you know that he loves um, killing Jedi. Be I don't know why. Nobody really knows why he hates Jedi, or at least I don't. And so he just, he likes to do that for some reason. So he kills Jedi, and yeah. But, so that's what his objective revolves around. He has to collect the lightsabers, because if you've ever watched Revenge of the Sith, you'll know that he has a lightsaber collection. And at one point, he even has Obi-Wan and Anakin's lightsabers in his collection, but they steal them back. Which is too bad for him. So yeah, that's General Grievous. He's not really too hard to understand. Um, yeah. 
He just has to defeat eight heroes and take eight lightsabers. Calvin? Yeah, I'm expecting uh, Ventress and Grievous to be harder than the other ones. Ventress's objectives, or like tasks or whatever they are, seem to be a little complicated. And Madame Mask, it, me and Caden both think, is like the hardest Marvel villain. Yeah, I agree. If, um, but so, the thing about General Grievous is that he's going to have ways easily accessible for him to yeah. gain power and play allies. Mm-hmm. And so he'll never have to like he'll be able to more easily vanquish the heroes. So I bet mm-hmm. he'd be easier than Madame Mask. To me, Grievous sounds like the easy one. Like, not easy to do, but he sounds like the yeah. easy one to understand. Like, like the Maleficent. Like, if you get bad fate cards, you're out, but, like, she's very easy to understand. Also, one thing I'm thinking is that Madame Mask can lose Vendetta. Will Grievous have the potential to, like, lose lightsabers that's, that's or an not? Interesting point. Because, like, the, Je- the, the Jedi that had the lightsaber is dead. So we're, Perhaps like, if the Jedi yeah. gets played again, he'll yeah. have to use, like, like, give the lightsaber yeah. back until he defeats them or like, something. Like, maybe the Jedi will come back as, like, a Force ghost. <laughs> like,. And, like, steal it back. I don't know. But, like, will he lose a lightsaber, or will there just be cards to stop him from getting lightsabers, potentially? Yeah, and then the next villain is Moff Gideon. So Moff Gideon is not particularly one of my favorite villains, personally. He's a little bit annoying. But he's from The Mandalorian. I think Calvin has something he wants to say. He talks very basic, like he's like, I will destroy you. Get in the ship. It's, it's, and... And, like, he's just, like, so obvious. He's not menacing. He just talks so basic and boring, and it's just, like, you know... It's great. sometimes comical how, like, yeah. blunt he is. Yeah. It's kind of funny sometimes. He's like, I'm gonna kill you now. It's... Yeah. Okay, anyways. So Moff Gideon's objective is to capture and experiment on Grogu. So I don't know many details about Moff Gideon, but I know that in order to win, he needs to have Grogu... Dr. Pershing, and an item called Laboratory Samples, all at the same location, and then spend some amount of ambition. I believe it was five, but I can't remember. And and then he'll win, because he'll have the scientists, the experiments, and Grogu, and he'll just need to experiment on Grogu then. So yeah, um, I'm not 100% sure, but I do know that Moff Gideon will be having allies like the Dark Troopers that he'll be using, and Dark Troopers are... I believe they're very excellent allies, and I'm sure they will be because in the in the in the um in the show that they were very powerful. So, yeah, Moff Gideon I don't know much about, but Cal- and I know that the once Moff Gideon captures Grogu, he can and puts him on the bottom of his board because that's one thing he has to do in order to win. He has to Grogu is a hero, but he has to be taken down to the bottom of his board at the same location as Dr. Pershing and Laboratory Samples to win. So I know that it is possible for Grogu to go back up to the top of the board after Moff Gideon has already captured him. Calvin? So, in the Mandalorian TV show, uh, when Grogu gets captured by the Stormtroopers on the speeder, one of the Stormtroopers, when they're stopping, like, Grogu is, like, crying because he doesn't want to go with the Empire. So one of the Stormtroopers smacks um baby yoda in the satchel so i want there to be like an effect whether it be in the fate deck or um in the uh villain deck that would be like smacked you know uh (laughs) weak lose two strength to baby yoda or something that'd be fun but the thing is is that grogu has zero strength in the first place so i believe so he just dies yeah okay so now that we're done with that, the only villain I have not yet talked about is Kylo Ren. 
So I bet a lot of you are really excited for Kylo Ren since he's like a pretty popular villain and he's also portrayed very well by the actor who portrayed him. And um, sadly, I have absolutely nothing to tell about Kylo Ren. I know absolutely nothing about him. I don't know what his objective. I've heard that he has to commit to the dark side of the Force, but I don't even know if that's what his true objective is. So I know nothing for sure about Kylo Ren. Yeah, the video that we're going to drop in the link, we thought that because how, how the guy did it was he put Darth Vader and General Grievous in a match to, like, you know, give a one-on-one. He didn't give us, like, all the villain's objectives. So, Kylo Ren, he's either going to be a big reveal or a letdown because I feel like Ravensburger would have, like, because, like, they've already leaked um all the other ones. Like, I don't know why somebody, like, because, like, who has the box yet from, like, a Ravensburger sponsorship or just Ravensburger themselves hasn't revealed it. Like, that's a bit confusing to me. So my guess is it's either going to be, like, super boring or, like, something really cool and everybody's going to love it or not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we don't know anything about Kylo Ren. So some things that I've seen that are just worth the mention, Darth Vader, he's obviously, he's going to have heroes like, I don't know, Leia, Han, I, Chewie, and I'm assuming there'll be Lando, I'm not sure, he's a pretty prominent character. But, yeah, those are some of the heroes that we'll definitely see for Vader. I'm um, personally excited to see Han Solo because he's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Um, Ventress, uh, she's probably going to have heroes. I know she has Obi-Wan and um, Ahsoka. I bet she'll have Ahsoka. I'm not sure 100% about that. But I know she has Obi-Wan and Anakin. And um, I don't know very much about Ventress's fate deck, though, sadly. I I wonder if... So if you've watched the Clone Wars... Clone Wars, sorry. You'll know that um, Darth Savage Opress is, like, sort of enemies with the Sa- I believe Ventress. that um, Savage is going to be one of her allies. Oh, okay. Cause, like, and also Mother Talzin yeah. and the Night Sisters will be her allies, too, I'm assuming. Because in the Clone Wars TV show, she does, she, like, Count Dooku, quote And Count Dooku yeah. is also going to be one of her allies. I know that for a yeah. fact. Count Dooku will be one of her mm-hmm. allies. And it'll be a very, very important one, too. Because in the TV show, Count Dooku, quote-unquote, fires her from her, like, apprenticeship. And so she creates Savage Opress from the Night Sisters to go kill Darth Maul. But that in the end, like, he, he fails and becomes, like, too powerful. So Asajj Ventress has to go, like, fight him. And uh, But the funny yeah. thing is, is that even though she's enemies with Savage and Dooku, they're both allies for her. So Yeah, so that's, like, a little interesting. And I'm sure that she'll have some clone troopers or something like yeah. that as heroes. Maybe Master Yoda, perhaps. I believe, I think she actually does have Master Yoda. I think he is one of mm-hmm. her. And and I think she would have to have um, Ahsoka because I'm yeah, pretty I sure they fight would. in the mm-hmm. Clone Wars. And then, yeah, for General Grievous, I'm sure he'll have, like, Obi-Wan, Anakin, Ahsoka... Any Jedi you can think yeah, of, probably. Any, yeah. I bet all of his fate deck will be Jedi's, maybe. Yeah. Except for, like, the effects and stuff. I bet most of his heroes at yeah. least will. Moff Gideon's a little tricky with, like, I allies. bet he'll have allies. I bet he'll have dark troopers. I bet Grievous, actually, he'll probably have, like, battle droids as his yeah. allies. And Ventress might have battle droids, too, because she, like, works for Count Dooku. Mm-hmm. But, I'm guessing the battle droids are gonna have, like, one strength. Yeah, they're, they're so not weak. powerful. Yeah, they're not powerful. Um... Yeah, and then Moff Gideon, he's probably going to have, like, Dark Troopers, Storm Troopers. Same thing for Vader. He'll probably have Storm Troopers. Um, and then I bet Darth Vader will have, like, some Imperial Workers or something like that. And then also for Moff Gideon, his Fate deck is kind of tricky because he'll have the Mandalorian for sure. I bet he'll have um, 
uh, Kara Dune, was that her name? Like, maybe, I don't know. I bet maybe Queel, is that his name? Like, the, the guy who helps the Mandalorian? Maybe IG, oh. whatever robot he was. There's there's not yeah. very many heroes like in that show. The Man- the Mandalorian's pretty much the main character. Yeah. Maybe like the per are you talking about like the lady that helps fix Yeah. yeah. Like like who helps him fight yeah. Bucket. Maybe Bo Katan. Yeah. Then again, the Mandalorian is just like, you know, just trying to like keep Baby Yoda safe and, and then obviously yeah. Grogu yeah. is gonna be one of his yeah. heroes too. Mm-hmm. Um Kylo Ren, I'm sure I, my personal theory is that his objective will have something to do with Rey in some way. Mm-hmm. Because Rey is the one who's trying to convince him not to go to the dark side of the Force. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure some in some way, Rey will be a hero. I bet Finn and Poe will both be heroes. Maybe BB-8. Yeah. Leia, I, Han. For allies, I think uh, Snoke will be one of his allies. Um, yeah. And then maybe, just maybe... Um, Emperor Palpatine, because be cool. in uh, Rise of Skywalker, th- he his like clone is like the bad guy at the end. But I don't know if that'll work because then like Kylo Ren does he fight Emperor Palpatine? Like I yeah, know he in the end yeah. he becomes enemies with Palpatine. So Palpatine yeah. might even be yeah. a hero. You never yeah. know. <laughs> he, or just you know not even in there at all. I don't yeah. Know. He most likely, in my opinion, he probably won't be in there because he's already a card in Vader's deck. But yeah. then again, I bet we're gonna have like three copies of Obi Wan for Vader, yeah. Ventress, and Grievous. They're and then maybe have an Obi-Wan. maybe we'll have a Chancellor Palpatine and like perhaps yeah, because for like because Count Dooku's always trying to mess with the Chancellor. Well, even not though the always. Chancellor is his master and they're faking it, yeah. But I bet, I bet perhaps, and maybe General Grievous will have to, like, maybe the Grievous will have the Chancellor, because you know, like, how he has to kidnap the Chancellor? Yeah. So, yes. Yep. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that, that's, is that it for Star Wars Villainous? That's pretty much it. I don't have much else to say. I put together this paper presentation, but now I'm done. The professor has (laughs) spoken. Alright, now we're gonna get into the boring part. Um, let's, uh, let's do Hades. Let's, uh, just, you know, crank this out. We won't rush it, but we're definitely not going to take our time. Yes. Okay, so, Hades, he is probably, I'd argue him for my least favorite villain, possibly, but anyways, let's just get started. His objective is to start your turn with three titans at Mount Olympus. This is not a difficult objective to understand, because all Hades has to do is play three titans to the underworld and move them across his board to Mount Olympus. So it's pretty easy to understand. We'll talk a little bit more about later. Let's go over his um, locations first. His first location is the underworld, and on the top it has play a card and gain two power, and on the bottom it has vanquish and move an item or ally. Thebes is the next one over, and it has on the top gain one power and play a card, and on the bottom fate card and discard. The next one over is the gardens, which has discard and play a card on the top, and on the bottom it has gain three power and play a card. This is going to be like your classic um, location, like discard, play cards, gain power, that type of thing. And then last but not least is Mount Olympus, which has fate card and move on the top, and um, on the bottom it's going to have play a card and gain one power. So with that said, let's get started on Hades' villain deck. Hades has quite a few cards, more than the average villain, so we shall get started, I suppose. Okay, the first 
thing we're going to talk about, the first category are the Titans, which are the cards that Hades needs to win. Um, the first Titan is going to be Argies. And Argies has a strength of 4, and he costs 3 power to play. It says Argies can only be played to the Underworld. When Argies is moved, gain 1 power. So just a little quick note about Titans. Titans function as allies, except in everything except name. So, yeah, these are, they're, they're just basically high-strength allies. But you're not going to want to use them in a Vanquish action since you need them to complete your objective. So Argies, you can only play them to the Underworld. The same thing with all the Titans. All Titans must be played to the Underworld. And then you move them across the board to Mount Olympus on the far right. Calvin, do you have anything you'd like to say about Argies? Nope. I believe Argies might be one of my favorites because he lets you gain a power every time you move him. Next up, we have Pyros. I'm not, I'm not I'm not. very good at pronouncing these names, so forgive me if I do them incorrectly. Pyros can only be played to the Underworld, just like Argies. When Pyros is moved, you may untrap one Titan at his new location. So, Pyros has a strength of 3, or strength of 4, and he costs 3, just like Argies. So, this is probably my favorite Titan, because one of the worst things that could happen to Hades is a Titan being trapped. So, when a Titan is trapped... You simply turn them sideways, and that means you cannot move them, and they don't count towards your win goal. So, that's that's all that means. You just turn them sideways, and that slows you down because you can't move them further towards Mount Olympus. And there are going to be cards in your deck that help you untrap Titans, because obviously getting one of your Titans trapped is bad. Calvin, do you have anything you like to add about Pyros? Nah. Okay. Um, the, a Pyros is probably the best Titan, because he lets you untrap one every time you, you move him. Okay, Lithos is the next one. It says, Lithos can only be played to the Underworld, just like all the other ones. When Lithos is moved, you may perform a Vanquish action at his new location. Lithos must be used in that action. So, he has a strength of 4, and he costs 3 power to play. This is not... He doesn't have a very good ability, because I would never want to use him in a Vanquish action, unless I had given him an item that said he wouldn't be discarded, because obviously, I'm going to need him if I want to complete my objective. So, I would not really ever use his ability... Calvin? Nah, I don't got any thoughts on the Titans. They're... Okay, I'll just go through the rest of them quickly then. Yeah. The next one is Hydros, and he's like this creepy ice guy, and he costs two power to play and has a strength of three, so that's going to be one less than everything else so far. It says he can only be played to the Underworld, and heroes at his location get minus one strength and cannot be moved by fake cards. So his ability is probably not going to be very useful unless you, like, play him to a... Put him at a location specifically so a hero cannot be moved, which could be useful, I guess, because it can stop you from getting as many titans trapped, as we'll see later. So, yeah, that's him. And then our last titan is Stratos, and he also costs 2 power and has a strength of 3. He can only be played to the Underworld, and when he is moved, you may move a hero from his new location to an adjacent location. So that's, again, another one that you're probably not going to use very much. So in my opinion, the best Titan is probably Pyros because he can untrap one. But also Argies is pretty good because every time you move, you gain one power. And some of these Titans are pretty costly, so um, it can be good to play Argies. So remember, your Titans can only be played to the Underworld, and in order to win, you have to play three to the Underworld and move them to Mount Olympus. And you have to start your turn with three at Mount Olympus. Okay, so that's it for the Titans. Now let's look at some of the cards that you can use to help you 
move the titans across the board. First up, we're going to talk about his allies, which he also has five of. The first one is Panic. He has he costs one power to play and has a strength of two. So he's not really a high strength ally, but let's see what his ability is. If Hades is at Panic's location, the cost to play items, allies, and titans is reduced by one power. So if I'm going to use his ability, I might play him at the gardens, because that's where I generally like to play most of my cards. So that's just a tiny bit of strategy of where to play him. But then again, he's not... I wouldn't, I wouldn't really ever use him for anything except for his ability. Kelvin? Yeah, sometimes I like to play into the underworld because sometimes that's where I play most of my titans mm -hmm. because I can move them there, move them to the next location over uh, after I play <laughs> them, so it's just nice to get some reduced power. Yes. Okay, next up we have Pain or Panic Side... Well, not Sidekick, but like Partner, Pain. When pain is moved, you may move a hero from pain's previous location to his new location. So this is basically the same ability as Stratos the Titan. It's not a very good one, but you might find some use for it, I guess, if you want a hero to be not somewhere. Because you might want a hero to not be on Mount Olympus for a certain... Or you might want heroes to not be in in some certain locations, which we'll talk about later. Pain costs two power to play, and he has a strength of two. So, Pain is... I personally prefer Panic, but Kelvin? Uh, yeah, I, I would prefer Panic as well. Um, but, you know, Pain's sometimes useful, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, next up, we have Hy the Hydra, which costs two power to play and has a strength of three. It says, when Hydra is used to defeat a hero, you may put Hydra into your hand instead of discarding him. So this can be useful if you have, like, some heroes that you need to defeat. If your board is, like, clogged up with heroes and you want to defeat some of them, Hydra can be very useful for that because it um, it can be used to defeat a lot of heroes because it does have a fair amount of strength and it costs a pretty low amount of power, too. Calvin? Yeah, I really like Hydra, and I always use him to get rid of, like, the heroes that aren't, you know, super bad, like Pegasus and uh -huh. all the other ones. Okay, next up for allies is... Cerberus, which costs 3 power to play and has a strength of 4. It says, when performing a vanquish action, Cerberus may be used to defeat a hero at his location or at an adjacent location. So I guess this could be useful if you didn't have him at the exact location you wanted to, or if you wanted to spend a move action on something else. You could, And he also has a very high amount of strength, so he can be used to defeat a lot of heroes. Kelvin? Yeah, um, I don't usually use him that much, but he can come in handy a lot. Okay, next up we have Nessus, the River Guardian from Hercules. And it says, he, he costs 3 power to play and he has a strength of 4. It says, if Nessus is used to defeat a hero with a strength of 3 or less, gain 2 power. So this could be useful, but it also kind of might be a waste of Nessus's potential because um, you might want to use him to defeat heroes with higher strength than 3. So uh, you could go either way with that, I guess. Calvin? Yeah, let's just go back to like, economics class and like money management so pretend you have three power bare minimum and use all of that power to play nessus and you vanquish a hero you only gain like <laughs> two power back so you know maybe that like you know that that that's just not a good like return fee what i'm sorry just it's not a good like like you know reward unless right. you have more than three power exactly. then, then it might be good but yeah okay next up we're going to be talking about hades effects which there are also five of there have been five titans five allies and now we're doing five effects five and again if i ever forget to mention a card you can always let us know and i can mention it in the next episode Email or something us. for calvin Okay, the first one is going to be I Rule, which costs zero power and says, Gain one power for each ally and tighten in your discard pile. 
So this one might be useful because Hades does not have very many great allies. Hades' allies actually all have average, very high strength. A lot of them have four. Mm -hmm. But if you discard allies, this card can be useful, I guess, because you can gain some easy power tokens. Calvin. It's a good thing to play if you... Sorry, one more thing, sorry. It's a good thing to play, like, if you're at the gardens and you still don't have quite enough power to get... Um, play a titan, you can play this, and then you can play the titan afterwards and that, yeah. Yeah, I like it because, let's say somebody's, you know, being a butthole and decides to, di to discard all of my titans with some sort of special card, um, I can, you know, gain, like, three power from all my titans, and, like, you know, from Nessus and those other ones, like, you can gain a ton of power. Okay, next up we have Achilles Heel. It says... Costs one power to play and says choose a hero. That hero gets minus two strength until the end of your turn. So this one can be useful because that makes it possible for like even people like Nessus or Cerberus to be able to defeat Hercules, who I believe has five strength. Hercules is a pretty powerful hero, but this card, it's I don't hardly ever use it, but uh, it can be useful sometimes. Kelvin? Yeah, I don't really use it that much. I usually discard it unless I'm in a dire situation. Okay, the next three are ones that are very useful for helping you get titans and move them to Mount Olympus. So let's get started. First one is Eye of the Fates, which costs two power and says, reveal cards from the top of your deck until you reveal an ally or titan. Put that ally or titan into your hand, discard the rest. So this one's pretty straightforward. You just, it's a great way to find titans or if you need them, allies, I guess. But yeah, this is a pretty good card and I like to use it a lot. Um, at the garden so sometimes I play this card and then if I have some extra power I might get a Titan and then I'll play the Titan right after that. Calvin? Yeah I played Villainous yesterday and was Hades because I figured I might as well get some background experience and I won and I used this card um two or three times because it was just really useful and really helpful so when you get a chance do it. Okay the next card we're gonna be looking at is Get Ready to Rumble which costs question mark amount of power that will be explained in a moment. Either pay 2 power to move an untrapped titan to an adjacent location, or pay 5 power to move an untrapped titan 2 locations away. So remember, the titan has to be untrapped, which means that it's not turned sideways by fate cards and stuff. So this card is very useful because that means, like, if I went to the underworld, I could, like, and I had, and I already had a titan at the underworld, I could play Get Ready to Rumble and spend 5 power and move it to the gardens, and then I could use my move action to move it all the way to Mount Olympus, so I could move it all the way there in one turn, which is useful. And this, so this card is pretty powerful. Personally, I like to wait until I have 5 power to move it two times, but some people might like to just spend 2 power. Calvin? Yeah, yesterday I found myself using the 2 power option more, um, because what I would do is, you know, um, when I, well, when I was playing yesterday, um, a big mistake, uh, my opponents made was didn't fate me at Mount Olympus and covered up that extra move and item or ally. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I'd move to the underworld, play a titan, move it, play get ready to rumble if I had enough power, which usually I did, then it would be at the gardens. Next turn, Mount Olympus is open, I move it to Mount Olympus, which was one, th which was the big reason why my opponents lost. So yeah. That's an important tip for fake carding. If you get a hero and they don't really have an important ability that you need to play them somewhere else, play them to Mount Olympus so you can cover up that move action, most importantly. Also the fate action, but most importantly the move action. Okay, next up, our final effect is Planet's Align, which also costs question mark amount of power. It says, untrap one or more titans in your realm. The cost to play Planet's Align is equal to the number of titans you untrap. So this card is really useful because let's say you're, you have Mount Olympus 
And then you already have three titans there, but for some reason all of them got trapped by like a lightning bolt or something like that, which is a card we'll talk about later. You can play this three power instantly untraps all of them, which is really nice. So this card is a really low cost way to untrap titans, and I believe it's the only way to untrap yeah, titans. I think it's so, Calvin. Yeah, I I really like this card. Um, when you get this card, keep it. Like even like I kept, I found I had two in my hand. I kept those two because. Those trap fate cards, which we'll get into later, come, like, really quickly. Okay, next up, we're going to be talking about the items in Hades' deck. The first up is Mortality Potion, which costs two power to play, and says, When Mortality Potion is played, attach it to a hero. Titans to use to defeat that hero are not discarded. So, one thing I like to do with this Mortality Potion is attach it to Lithos, because it says, when Lithos is moved, you may perform a Vanquish action as new location. And Lithos must be used in that action, so I can use Mortality Potion to maybe defeat some pesky heroes um, with Lithos, because you don't have to discard him when you use him in that Vanquish action. Calvin? Yeah, um, I don't find myself using Mortality Potion a lot, because um, I just use an ally, and especially with allies like Hydra, I just play them again as soon as they go back into my hand, because mm -hmm. they're really useful. Yeah. Okay, our last item is Chariot, which costs 3 power, so it's kind of high cost. But it says, once per turn, if Hades is at this location, you may move Hades and Chariot to any location and perform one available action at the new location. You cannot use Chariot to perform fate actions. So this is a super useful card, because if you like play the Chariot to the Underworld, you can use the move action there, and then you can move the Chariot to Mount Olympus and use the move action there. So you can move it like twice. So yeah, it's really useful. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I used this card a lot yesterday. Um, uh, one thing though, uh, make sure Chariot moves with you, that way you can't use mm -hmm. it twice in a row, yeah. but yeah. When I typically like to use Chariot at Mount Olympus and the Underworld, because for me, I had both of those move an item or ally, yeah. or in this case, Titan open, so you can just, you know, constantly be moving those, um, Titans. Okay. Next up, we have Ruth... Oh, sorry. We're starting on condition cards now. Next, the first card is Ruthless. It says, During their turn, if another player has six or more power, you may play Ruthless. Play an ally or titan from your hand for free. So this card might be useful if you're playing against villains like uh, Prince John or maybe Radigan, which we haven't talked... Who we haven't talked about yet, but we will be soon. Or Evil Queen, because she yeah, has to... Yeah, and Evil Queen, too, because she has to get power to play the poison and stuff. So, yeah, this card, I probably wouldn't keep it for that long but it might come in useful if you're playing against it is kind of useful though because you can instantly play a titan for free so that's nice Calvin. Mm -hmm. yeah this one this is a condition card that i might want to hold on to um for a bit even though i usually say discard them which i should probably trademark that you know start getting back into the habit of saying that but for this one i actually would keep it for maybe a while because it can come in handy but if it doesn't look like anybody's going to gain a lot of power anytime soon, I wouldn't use it. Okay, our last card in Hades' villain deck is Rage, which is a condition, and it says, During their turn, if another player defeats a hero with a strength of three or more, you may play Rage. Move a hero on your realm to any location. I never use this card, I'm just going to say that. Yep, I don't use it. No <laughs> thoughts, don't care. Just discard it. Yep. And plus, I don't like any of the conditions that say, like, defeat hero. Ones. Yeah. Those are not useful, unless you're playing against, like, I don't know, Sometimes Evil Queen needs to defeat heroes, mm -hmm. or like Radigan, or if, I don't know. Those are just the two. That that card has no hope. Yeah, I don't yeah. like it at all. All right, okay. So and over to Calvin yeah. now. So fate. now we're going with the Fate cards, and today we're going to be starting with Medallion, 
which is an item, and it says when medallion is played, attach it to a hero. That hero gets plus two strength. The card says it all. Um, I usually would attach it to the hero that's doing the most damage at the moment, but uh, yeah, Caden, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Um, one strategy for this, if you have any heroes at Mount Olympus, I would maybe put medallion on that hero so it can possibly cover the move action on Mount Olympus for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. All right, so next up we have uh, Hades Fate Effects. So the first one is the Gospel Truth. Discard an item or ally from Hades Realm. So this one, I would, if Chariot um, is a vape or Mortality Potion, discard those. Mm -hmm. Allies, remember, even though Titans are considered allies in every way except name, you can't um, discard yeah. Titans. So don't try to find loopholes where yeah. you can't find I loopholes. would say use this one for maybe like... Hydra or like yeah, because Hydra's because Hydros wouldn't be go Hydra. Back. Yeah, Hydra wouldn't get go into your hand because he wasn't used in a vanquish action. Or maybe the chariot, like Kelly yeah. said. Those are just two mm -hmm. strategies I have for that one. Go ahead. So next up we have Lightning Bolt, which is choose a location in Hades Realm. All Titans at that location are trapped. So this one. Uh, I preferably would use it where there are most titans. However, if he's got them spread about the board, use the one that is I uh, use it on the one that is at Mount Olympus, or either um, the one that is closest to Mount Olympus. Because remember, if they're trapped at Mount Olympus, it doesn't count. So one strategy if you're playing as Hades, let's say you have three titans at Mount Olympus, and then bam, somebody plays a Thunderbolt. On your next turn, you can just play Planets Align and spend three power to untrap all of them instantly. So this card is kind of easy to undo, but the thing is is that you have to have Planets Align in order to undo it, which is kind of chance because there's only two or three of them in the entire deck. Mm -hmm. Calvin? Next up, we have Go the Distance, which um, is one of, I'd say, one of his worst effects. Either move an untrapped titan up to two locations away, ignoring all hero and titan abilities, or move a hero to any location. I would definitely do um, move the untrapped titan up to two locations away. However, if you think the hero one is better, do that. You know, it's, it it's, just depends on the circumstance. Yeah, yeah I, I would highly I, recommend. I agree. Usually, um, can I see this yeah. for a second? I just wanted to. Unless you have like, um, I don't know. Hera, maybe? Yeah, Hera, you might might want to use the move a hero because all titans at her location become trapped. We'll talk yeah. about her in a second. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I'd probably just use the move the titan one, like Calvin said. Yeah. So next up, we have Zeus. Uh, he's got a strength of five. We're moving on to heroes now. If a titan moves to Zeus's location, that titan is immediately trapped before the titan's ability is triggered. So that um, this one, I would play Zeus to Mount Olympus because that way, that way any titans that move to Mount Olympus mm -hmm. automatically get trapped and then yeah. One um, tip I have for Zeus, as Calvin said, play him to Mount Olympus, but then if you're going to pick a hero to play the medallion on, I'd probably do it on Zeus if he's at Mount Olympus yeah. so it makes it harder to defeat him. Mm -hmm. Next up we have Hera, which we were talking about a second ago. When Hera's played or moved, you may choose a titan at her new location. That titan is trapped. So I would play her um, I, I don't know. It, it really depends where, uh, Hades has most of his titans. Uh, I, if Zeus isn't on the board, I would play her to, uh, Mount Olympus maybe because then she can be moved to the other locations where the titans are being moved at. She's sort of, uh, you just gotta play her wherever the, like, it's, it just yeah, depends just, on circumstances. Yeah, exactly. 
Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, Hera's a pretty good fate card. She has a pretty good amount of strength, too. The thing about Hades is that all of his allies have really high strength, but then the downside is that a lot of his heroes also have really high strength, too. Mm-hmm. So you just have to deal with that. Yep, next up we've got Megara. When Megara is played, you may move a hero from her location to any location. This one, you could move Hera and discard a Titan. Mm-hmm. But again, this one is more of a circumstance, you know, which one works best for you. If I'm fading Hades, I usually don't pick her because usually I have a better option. Yeah. But, you know, it depends on circumstance. I don't really have much more to say about that one. Yeah. Next up, we've got Phil. Phil and Hercules get plus one strength. If Hercules is in Hades' realm, he's got two strength, just so you know. Um, we've talked about there are bulk fate decks, which are meant to just block, um, the items that hero, or the actions that heroes can block, and there are heroes that are meant to, like, you know, use their effects more. Phil's probably a bulker, so he is meant to block the actions, but, yeah, your thoughts, Caden? Um, yeah, he's just, like, he's just there, pretty much. He doesn't have any effects that are too bad. Mm-hmm. So next up, we've got Pegasus. Uh, it's got a strength of three. When Pegasus is played, you may move an untrapped titan from his location to an adjacent location. So this one, I would play to Mount Olympus as well, because if there's a titan at Mount Olympus, you can move it to the other location. But really, it just depends on yep. what circumstance you're circumstance. in. Circumstance. Next up, we've got Hermes. When Hermes is played, if Zeus is in Hades' realm, you may move Zeus to any location. Otherwise, find Zeus and put him on the top of Hades' fate deck. I often find myself using Hermes to put Zeus at the top of uh, the fate deck. However, this card is going to be most effective if um, Zeus, or uh, if, um, oh shoot, I lost my train of thought. Sorry, people. I don't know, Caden, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I agree with Calvin. Um, this card is not too great, but the only thing really great it does is that it can put Zeus on the top of your fate deck, which is not very good. Mm -hmm. And even if you have Zeus, I would probably not, if you played him to Mount Olympus, I probably would not move him. Yeah. And, um, I just remembered, it's more effective if you're playing with more than two people in a game, because if you have three people in a game, then the next person can fate and potentially get Zeus from the top of the fate deck. Yeah, that's true. All right. Next up, our last card, we've got Hercules, strength of five. Titans cannot be moved from Hercules' location. I would recommend playing Hercules at um, the Underworld, because that way, Titans can't move as soon as they're played. Yeah, and exactly. I would play Zeus to Mount Olympus, because that way, there's no like way that they can be like safe at Mount Olympus, um, or just, you know, have an easy time getting there. Yeah. I would play him at the Underworld unless all of the Titans have already yeah. moved out of the Underworld. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah. But, I'm yeah. somewhere else. So, yeah, that was the yeah. last card. That's Hercules for you in a nutshell. What do you mean? Do you mean or Hades? Hades. <laughs> Speaking Again. of Hercules, I think they're making a real-life action. Are. I'm really excited yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. And there's but. some odd theory that they're Herc... Never mind, sorry. Spoiler alert about <laughs> Thor, Love, and Thunder. I saw the new Thor... Um, Sorry if I spoiled it. I don't think I did, because nothing technically exited my mouth. Nope. It's it's between Black Widow, Eternals, and Shang-Chi, not as good as Multiverse of Madness and No Way Home. Yeah. Yeah. It's not rated very well, I know. Yeah. It's, it's only it's, like 67 yeah. or something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I like Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. I, well. I yeah. I didn't think it was that bad, though, so, you know. I'm sure it wasn't. Def- definitely buy tickets to see it, though. Don't wait for it to come on streaming. Yeah. Okay, 
So that is it. I hope you liked yep. the little thing that we did about Star Wars Venice. That was my personal favorite yeah. part of this episode. And I don't think it was little. I think that took up at least it, like twenty minutes. Of I don't time. think that. Long. Okay, maybe fifteen. I but, don't know. You know it was, that it was not like thirty seconds where we're like, "Yeah, Star Wars is here, yay!" But yeah, it was that was fun for me because I've mm-hmm. been researching it a lot, and I'm glad I got to share it with somebody other than my mom. So. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. Well, we don't know when we're getting an episode. Get an episode in. I'm going up north next uh, weekend. Caden's going to Disney. I assume it would probably be after I get back from Disney. Yeah. And by then, I'll have Star Wars Villainous, so I might have more yeah. to say about. I'll probably be able to tell Kylo Ren's yeah. objective. I don't have a lot of uh, beans, if you know what I mean. So I don't think I'm gonna get it at launch. Maybe when school starts. School's coming up, guys. Like, it's in four or five weeks, I think, for us at least. Um, so, th- yeah, with school starting, that's going to get a little complicated. Um, we don't honestly less know. Than that, actually. It's probably three or four. My dad said it was five. I think it's less than... Maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's four or five. Because, um, remember, we're still in July when yeah. you think about it. Just at um, the end. But, yeah, Star Wars, July 31st, so that's Sunday. I might Wait. try to... I just thought of this. I might try to go in the store and pick it up on that day if they have. Yeah, I don't know. I, I if I were gonna pick it up, I would just do the drive up because that's you know you just order it, mm-hmm. then you just um drive up and they put it in your car because that way you don't have to be like oh it's out of stock and then you don't have to wait for, you know, three or four days for delivery. Um, <laughs> also, we're putting in links for pre-order at Target and the video that we watched um on Star Wars Villainous. Feel free to email us, guys. We would love to hear your questions. Please email us if you have any questions. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear your questions about Star Wars I don't Star know Wars much Villainous. more about Star Wars Villainous. Mm-hmm. I, just to be clear, I know nothing about Kylo Ren. So yeah. Don't ask me questions about mm-hmm. that. We, we co- he covered everything that me and him um, know. Uh, pretty much everything. We if you have but any yeah. questions, I'd be happy to try to clear mm-hmm. it up, but I probably yeah. will not have the ability to. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll share um, the podcast email with you. That way you mm-hmm. can, if anybody has questions. Because he's the Star Wars guy, so when you're e we'll drop our email in the description if you have any questions um email regarding to him and all uh yeah he, he can answer it for you um well when you email us we'll answer it live on our next episode that way you can feel special because it's fun i've had that done before where i've emailed podcasts it's really fun to hear your name on some on the internet it's it's just awesome <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't think any of us are getting it at launch, um, cause Caden's out of town, I don't have the cash yet, Sadly. so we're not gonna be like, Maybe I'll get unboxing it the day Star Wars Villainous, oh man, the plastic is so cool. But, we might be able to do, like, a little bit of talk about it in yeah. the next episode, though. Cause I, if I don't have it, I'm gonna have to mooch off of his copy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're super excited, email us your thoughts. Thanks for tuning in. Sorry it's been a while. We'll catch you in the next one. And remember, a block of cheddar is a sometime snack. Bye. Goodbye.